0: listening to two five and ten your source for bullshit free nhl news analysis and insights now here are your hosts kevin notton and ben stewart hello everybody and welcome to 2, five and ten this has been one of those uh interesting weeks benny and then little shit here little shit there and then boom we get hit with A big one, I'd say Ryan O'Reilly on the move, but before that, I know your boys in New York ended up landing the big Russian one in Tarasenko. I mean, we're not at the trade deadline yet, but things are starting to change rather quickly around the league. Yeah,
1: the ice is thawing um, in terms of teams finally making a decision to either sell their assets or buyers saying, all right, we'll, we'll meet the price just to get a jump on the market. Um, I think it was smart for both New York and Toronto to make the moves a couple weeks in advance because now it lets the guys settle in. You have more time for that to happen. And then also, if you get those guys earlier, you can start seeing what other holes you still need to fill and kind of gauging the mark instead of being rushed all on deadline day or the day before deadline to make every single move you need to make.
0: Yeah, agreed. I, I think as much time as you can get uh, helps. I mean... I'm sure Tarasenko coming in, his first shot he ever takes an MSG goes in the back of the net, and now that's a whole new failing there. Um, <laughs> I would say, too, I'm very surprised in both trades as to what the return was. I, I was expecting yeah. a little bit more for both trades, but it seemed as if uh, St. Louis was definitely willing and wanting to sell on both players. Um. At this point now, I did not expect them to kind of pull the whole plug out on the season, but I guess they're starting over, looking for next year, starting to rebuild with some of the draft picks they got in return. I just... Some of these, like the O'Reilly deal for, you know, they retain salary, unload the trade and everything. I'm just like, wow. Like, A, I expected more for Ryan O'Reilly, but B, I just... Did not expect Toronto that that just came out of left field for him. It's like wow.
1: Yeah, I mean Dubas is going all in. The thing with O'Reilly is he's definitely not the same player he was two three years ago, but he's still the type of guy who is impactful and brings the type of stuff that Toronto
0: has seemingly Desperately needs. Yeah, been
1: lacking, especially when it comes to playoff time. Like right now, they're the Capitals of the early of the mid two thousands where. 100 point regular seasons, like nothing. And then first round exits. So they're trying to turn that tide a little bit. Um, I think the key part for them is they got Achari in a deal too. So they can slide him down. He can play winger center, just like O'Reilly. Uh, Tavares started out on a wing last night. So maybe O'Reilly's staying at center if they want everybody in the top six. So... Now that I know some people said that it was a big return or a lot of assets for Toronto to give, especially with their draft pick resource trades the last uh two deadlines and off seasons. but you have to make this move like even if it doesn't work out, you can't go down and say, "Well, at least we have a couple picks still so like after the last few years and the disappointing playoff runs. You got to put you push your chips to the table, and this helps them do that. The thing is, I still don't think Toronto is built to beat a Boston, Tampa, Carolina, or Rangers in a playoff series. Their third or fourth line, especially if they move O'Reilly or Tavares to the wing, so everybody's in the top six. I know that second line you like of Tavares, O'Reilly, and Marner, but that third and fourth line are still kind of meh for me. Like, not terrible, but those third and fourth lines out against you guys or out against the kid line, if they're playing a ranger, that doesn't scare me at all. So I think that might be an area that Toronto's still going to look to add um, if they can. I don't know how much cap space they have left after that deal, even with the retention St. Louis made. But, yeah, I mean, St. Louis...
0: It says right now they're... Deadline cap space is 3-6. Okay.
1: Well, I'll say, so they can make either one more big, bigger move or a couple of smaller ones. So we'll see where Dubis ends up going. I think they definitely need to add a seventh defenseman, even if he's not playing, just because everybody in their top six gets hurt like every other game. Uh, Giordano gets hurt. Riley gets hurt, especially Brody. He's hurt all the fucking time. Muzzin is like walking dead at this point. So I think yeah. they need to add a defenseman. But the deal the deal itself, like St. Louis, you have to make this deal. You're not going on a run here. You've had these guys all year. You you were waiting. Maybe give them some time to see if they can kind of turn the season around. It wasn't going to happen. So you got to start selling here, especially on the upcoming free agents. Tarasenko wanted out before last season, so he's been kind of ready to go since then. With the other guys left in St. Louis, there's not too many pending UFAs, so then it comes down to the question of, did they start breaking up the core that signed past this season? Did they move a Krug or Shen, a Binnington, those type of guys?
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see as to the Binnington part of it, just... It seemed as if Bennington and be there, when Bennington was going on his streak and just trying to fight everybody and everybody, Barube <laughs> yeah. had finally had enough. And I mean, yeah. I know he's locked up for another four years after this season at six mil a year, but I'm with you. I mean, I heard rumored, uh, allegedly, Colton Perenco kind of going to market. I don't, I don't okay. know if... That's true or not? That, that was just a rumbling. And I'm like, well, I mean, Colton Paranko, I mean, has a long-term deal set up at 6'5", but I don't think he's been the player that he was when they won that Stanley Cup. You know, no, he was very dominant in, in that time period there. And now you you look at just kind of... Barbashev, I, think, I forgot him. I was going to say, Barbashev has been a player that has been talked about a lot. Uh, going to be a UFA He's a little tank. I mean, like, he can go through and I mean, he's a killer Killer when he hits people. Like, he's just a little fire hydrant out there. But then it's like, like you said, I mean, if it's going to be all UFAs or coming off the roster, I mean, Tyler Pitlick, you know, just little things like that. I know they just got Sammy Blay back in a trade. (laughs) But, I mean, he's UFA at the end of the year. They could trade him again.
1: Hey, he just scored two goals. First two uh, times he scored in the last two seasons, so.
0: Who know, maybe St. Louis is that place for him. Um, looking at it right now, too, is just return and what they have. I mean, St. Louis, as of right now, has three first-round picks this year.
1: Yeah, so it makes you wonder if they're going to use that in the summer for NHL talent, and they're not going to go through a full rebuild, and they're going to keep Pareto and these guys and try and make a quick turnaround. Or if it's, hey, we've got three first-round picks, this is the beginning of a rebuild and they might look to move some of these guys because to be honest, I don't see Tory crew wanting to stick around for a fucking rebuild.
0: No, and I mean I, I know that Tory was that big fish they brought in there a couple of years ago. I, I still say for another four years at six five, I think definitely very That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money, but but on the other end, I I think it's a doable contract, doesn't completely Bend you over, for, especially he seems to be producing, too. You get a lot of output from him, which is nice. But one thing I'm just really surprised about, at least just looking on the backside, so up top with Bucinavich and Braden Shen, they they both have no trade clauses or limited move, no movement deals. You look at the back end, Folk, Krug, Pareko, and, and Letty all have no trade clauses.
1: The Letty one
0: was stupid from the
1: beginning.
0: I, I just... It, there's just funny how some of these are coming up. It's just like...
1: Dude, that brings up a point. The NHL needs to do something about these no-trade clauses. Every fucking player in the National Hockey League has a no-trade clause.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Now, if we're, we're going to go back and forth and play devil's advocate on one here, like, so for the NHL... Uh, uh, just out of curiosity, you know, PA or whatever. Do you think it would be a great thing? So, hey, we're going to jump the cap up X amount of dollars. But the trade, no trade clauses in every new contract that gets signed is no longer there. There will be plenty of movement in this league.
1: I get it from the player's point of view because, like, you don't want to sign somewhere and then, you start planning your life and you move your family. And then like the very next deadline or the deadline after you move to a team that you're not always getting dealt to a Stanley cup contender. So like I get their ability to want control,
0: but the deadlines
1: suck now, man.
0: Like now it's just terrible. Hypothetical. You go to a new team, you, you sign a brand new deal. So you, so you get the max max and it'll be seven years. Now, with that, you know, hey, l- like you said, you understand the point of it. Of First two years, no trade clause. That's what I was going to say. First two years, you can get your no trade, but after that, it's gone. I, I think that yeah, would be great. teams
1: can shift. Three years is a long time in a National Hockey League. Yeah. Like, look at the Rangers. They were rotting, and then they had to retool, quote-unquote, rebuild. And they had to work around no trade clauses. Like, Three years from now, Toronto could be in a full rebuild.
0: Yeah, you don't Boston know? Toronto could be in a full rebuild. Yeah, it's it's all about... Detroit could I, be
1: buyers at the deadline. Like It's a, it's a pretty large gap. So I get the security, like you said. I think we're on the same wavelength of it's pretty shitty for a team to sign you, and then you, they can trade you at any moment. So I get that security of, okay, at least for the next two years,
0: you're this safe. is where I'll be. Yep
1: so unless you they ask you and you're willing to move it uh wave it so
0: yeah and i mean i right. think that's the other thing too where you know i know some of these they're not complete no movements but the clauses you know yeah after whatever year yeah and... 10 teams 15 teams blah, blah blah so it's like i don't know i mean i just feel i understand some markets you don't want to go to but if my coach or whatever, GM, just didn't want me anymore. I'd be like, yeah, then let's make it happen.
1: Yeah. And we touched on this, but the other deal St. Louis made was with my boys. They sent Vlad the Impaler, uh, Vlad Tarasenko to New York, uh, along with Nico Mikula, uh, for Sammy Blay, who unfortunately just didn't work out, and it has everything to do with P.K. Subban. Uh, Bley looked great in his first preseason, first handful of games. He didn't score a goal, but he, the Rangers were hoping to get him to be a kind of Barber Chef clone where he can play in your top, on your second or third line. Uh, He's not going to be the guy who is a goal scorer or the guy who's going to drive play, but he's going to be hard on a four check. He's going to make room for your skill guys. And then Subban uh, slew-footed him towards ACL, out for the rest of the year, rushed to come back this year, didn't score again, just did not look in NHL shape, and his timing was off. So Rangers made the uh, decision to move on. He's pending UFA, so easy to move on there.
0: Can can we say, though, can can we just say, I'm sorry, real quick, didn't mean to cut you off. He had one of the best names for the Rangers announcement guy to say. Like, it just came out so good the way he said Sammy (laughs) Blay.
1: Yeah. And especially with the flow coming out for uh, opening night intros. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so with was Sammy Blay, uh, Hunter Skinner, who is a depth defenseman for the Hartford Wolf Pack. So he's a right-hand shot guy, but even as a prospect, he was playing third pair of minutes. And then a ranger sent a couple draft picks to St. Louis, basically a first-round pick and a third-round pick uh, to St. Louis. Third-round pick will be next year's draft for Tarasenko. Uh, the deal that the Rangers had at that package at that cost you have to make that deal I don't care about the first round pick because we have the second one so basically the deal is St. Louis gets the lower of the first round picks we have ours and Dallas Mm -hmm. so we're basically trading a late first round pick a third round pick next year and nothing prospect and a guy who didn't score in two seasons for us for Tarasenko and Mikola. So, you have to make that deal. Now, St. Louis you needs to,
0: some salary. On top of it, which, which yeah. makes it a no-brainer. And do you but, think, on the other end, I mean, Tarasenko goes right into the Russian mob there with Panarin and Shishurkin. I mean, obviously going to feel right at home going into the locker room with those guys. And then, like I said earlier, first shot at the guard and scores a goal. I, I think he's going to adjust just fine.
1: Yeah, so that they started him out. So the Rangers are in a interesting position with their forward group, especially for a team that's played as well as they have. Like they turned it around ever since Truba uh, basically murdered Anthony Cio at the Garden and then threw his helmet at the bench in disgust. Um, I think they are twenty four, two and three ever since he did that. Um, but their forward group is still unsettled. Uh, Gelant likes to switch it up when things aren't going well. Uh, when they were going for that rough patch, he was changing lines seemingly every half period. Um, he started out on a line like you said. He was with Panarin and Zabarnyag, so the Rangers loaded up their first line with those three. They scored uh, Tarasenko scored his first game, um, and then I think halfway through the second game they got split up, and Tarasenko has been playing with Kreider and Mika ever since. And Panarin spend with back with Trocheck and VC on a second line. Can't really complain about the results so far. Tarasenko scored again last night, and then Panarin had seven goals in three games playing with Trocheck. Which, if that combination can start working, because like we talked about last episode, Trocheck has not been a fit so far. Replacing Strom, him and Panarin haven't clicked, which has put the Rangers in a difficult spot of removing Kreider from Panarin's wing, and then breaking up the kid line. So now if Panarin can work with Trocek, you keep the kids together, and then you put Kreider back with Sabanajad, and then you kind of roll on from there. The issue is, and by the way, the Mikula pickup is very underrated because the Rangers were playing Libra Hayek and Ben Harper on the third pair all season long. And Mikula comes in, and he's going to really calm down that third pair playing with Schneider. So Schneider's having a great year, but that was a hole that the Rangers needed to fill. So they got one of the top six wingers. Their third pair left shot defenseman for basically nothing. So that was a great deal. The only other thing is, everybody said, "Oh, the Rangers, all they need to do is add a four flying forward, and they're set. The issue is, they still need another top six right winger, man. Like, you I, you can't have VC on your second line going against Boston or Tampa.
0: You know, that's just disrespectful to Jimmy Vesey. I, I lo-
1: Dude, Rangers signed him to a PTO. He then signs a league minimum deal. A
0: two-year extension, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: 850 a year. So even then, the extension is almost nothing. And his point totals aren't going to jump off the page at you, but every line he is on. They dominate possession, so like he is a comp- and he's an important penalty killer for us. He's completely reinvented himself, so major props to him for. Uh, there's something about into a One him, way forward.
0: He he loves New York, uh, legitimately. <laughs> like w- when he's gone, he's played everywhere else. He's been extremely ineffective, and it just uh, there's something about him in in the Rangers that just works for him.
1: Yeah, and he works in a system like. He's not the most physical guy, but he plays – he's not soft. He's not the best goal scorer, but he can chip in some offense. So he's currently playing in our top six. He's better on your third or fourth line. Oh, 100%.
0: 100% on that. So for the
1: Rangers, now that they have Tarasenko, the thinking that I'm going here with is you have Kreider. Kreider is advantage. I hear that accent come out just now um sounded a little
0: little boston i was like i know it wasn't a while i get
1: boston um and then you have panarin rochocic hopefully with that pair continuing to work as we get closer to the playoffs if you want to keep the kid line together as your third line i can drive uh play in the offensive zone great But then where does Tarasenko go? Does he stay with Mika or does he then go across from Panarin? Because one of the reasons why they acquired him was Panarin's looking for a sniper to play opposite him because he's more of a playmaker. So then if you put Tarasenko with Trocek and Panarin, who's playing first line right wing if Kako is staying on a kid line? You got to find somebody. So that's where the Rangers, I think, are going to catch some people off guard. After thinking about it, I still think Kane ends up in New York.
0: So you still think he's going to make it there? Okay.
1: I think the Rangers and Chicago, there might be a third team involved. Like, Kane might get traded to a third team. Chicago eats some of his salary to the third team, and then the third team eats some of that remaining salary and deals them to New York.
0: No, And the Rangers just pony
1: up. Vitalik Krasov, second-round pick, another prospect, something like that. And then Kane, the playmaker – Plays with Kreider and Mika, and then you have Panarin and Trojak and uh, Tarasenko, the kid line, and then a the fourth line with recently acquired Tyler Mott is Mott, Goodrow, BC. I,
0: I like that last line, to be honest. I, I like yeah, that. That's, that's a, a solid yeah. four. <laughs> um, now, I, I'm just curious, just projected cap space or, or deadline cap space, you're just under a million bucks. It, it's going to be tight if yeah, you do so, make it.
1: If they trade Krafts off and they waive Lecision, who's a fucking nobody, they bump that up to about 2.35 um, deadline cap space. And I know Kane has a massive deal, but if Chicago eats 50 and the other team eats 50, or it's twenty five, right. like If it's not Kane, so basically, I for some reason, because Kane holds all the power, it's not like the Rangers are going to have to give up a lot to get him.
0: Oh no that's true. I mean he, he did say he wants to go there. Completely ex nade the Islanders. He's like, I'm not going to the Islanders.
1: <laughs> so if it's not Kane, I still think the Rangers had a top six forward. who's a little bit more of a potential playmaker. Um I I like Barbashev for the third line, but if you're keeping a kid line together, you don't need that type of player. So I still think the Rangers add a top six forward and that's the only thing they'll make it to deadline after this except maybe like a eighth defenseman that plays in harford and then it's on the taxi squad during the playoffs Mm -hmm. so that's where my boys are at um for the deadline i got i got my concerns about this summer but we'll save it for (laughs) then.
0: yeah we'll get there as we get closer um we
1: got the keandre miller lafreniere Kako, and Heedle contract extensions
0: yeah so we'll see who's on their way out of town is what you're saying um Speaking of the trades and everything that happened, uh, a couple other big names that are on the board, but no movement as of yet. Timo Meyer, Jacob Chikrin, Vladislav Gavrikov down there in Columbus. Uh, We already touched on Barbashev. Allegedly, Carlson is still in play, but San Jose is going to have to eat some money but they're not going to want to eat money now that he has had a resurgence. I can't talk today. I I had a night (laughs) last night. But after his resurgence this season, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi also still out there. We just touched on Patrick Kane. Another Chicago guy I just touched on, Jake McCabe, just one young kid that could eat minutes for you on the back end You just throw him in there and he'll be fine. I'm just – I'm curious to see. I mean, Chikorin's been – not dressing now for a game for at least a week. They've kept them out now. You got to think. I, I know that I'm all about protecting an asset, but on the other end, I mean, it's been a week now. Like you got to be close. You can't just pull the plug on them and say, "All right, we're well, just going to sit there until we trade you." Yeah. Like that—that's another two weeks. Yeah,
1: I think. Um, yeah, it's weird that. I mean, you see it in baseball where guys get scratched in the lineup but the deal is done either that day or like a day after and it's yeah. not, you're not playing for three weeks. Cause now the team who's acquiring him is getting a guy who hasn't played in a game in seven to 14, 21 days. And it's not going to be in not game shape, but like game ready as yeah. soon as you point up a huge package to get this guy.
0: Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just didn't get it. I figure when they were getting quote unquote that closer my thoughts were them getting that close the the deal would be made relatively quick but it seems as if in the desert there they are not going to be pushed around or waiting for anything it's they are going to start that complete and total rebuild and see exactly what they're going to get and what is going to be the highest rate of return for them so i'm sure they're having a highest bidder thing on the other end
1: yeah um do you have a thought of where he goes? I know I told you I think he ends up in L.A., especially with the run they're on, but... I,
0: I was thinking L.A. myself that they got a lot of cap room. They have a lot of prospects and drafts there, like, like draft uh, capital they could give up. So I think that they could probably end up wiggling that. Um, Timo Meyer. I know me and you had talked via text about it. Could you imagine him with the Devils playing with Jack Hughes? But like, I think... That is completely franchise-altering for that team.
1: Timo Meyer in New Jersey makes New Jersey the actual thorn in the side of the Rangers for the next handful of years, more so than Carolina.
0: Yeah, there would be a lot going on uh, across the river there.
1: Yeah, so that would... I mean, Hughes came back tonight. I think he has two points.
0: So <laughs> I was like, Jack has been incredible this year.
1: Yeah, so um, I think he ends up there. I think Carolina, with the owner, is not going to want to pony up the money it would take. Now, if maybe they don't care about keeping them long term, they just want to win a cup this year. But if they, I feel like Carolina is a type of team that's like, hey, if we're going to give up some of our top young players and picks. We want a guy who's going to be around for more than two and a half months, but I don't think their owner, even though he's loaded is going to be in a position to say like, yep, here's another guy I'm going to give close to $70 million
0: to on the other end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I wish New Jersey wasn't in our division or our conference. Cause I would love to see Timo Meyer go there <laughs> now, but I just don't want it to happen.
0: <laughs> in another part of like what you said about owners and not wanting to pay. I mean, We talked about the Bo Horvat deal last week, and then the first thing out of Lou Lammarello's mouth is that it was for too long and for too much money. Lou's been around this game for a long time, and for him to just openly come out and say that, I mean, is this a problem with ownership? Is this a problem with the players? Is this a problem with the league? I mean, you just said, like... The ink's not even dry on your extension. That's the first thing your GM's saying. Like, I, I, I mean, just... he was kind of kidding, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. If Lou doesn't kid around. Lou's a very serious man. He doesn't joke with media. doesn't talk to the media like that.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's always that struggle with every time the – the market setting contract happens, the owners and GMs publicly and probably go, oh man, we set a market like that. It's crazy. The salary is going to keep jumping, but then they keep giving out the contracts anyway. So I take what they complain about the grain of salt because they're the ones making the fucking deals.
0: Yeah, that's true too. Sounds a bit like if you
1: didn't want to, if you didn't want to sign Horvat to that deal, I don't fucking sign it.
0: Yeah. On the other end, that's on you. Not on <laughs> me.
1: So that's my only thing. I, I, I really my heart does not bleed at all for multimillionaires or people who work for multi millionaires complaining about paying other multimillionaires. So um, yeah. Boston, really quick. I know we touched on it last week in terms of what you guys might be doing at the deadline. I still feel like I don't know. I know Sweeney has an MO of like always kind of pussying out of their line and going for small additions at the margins instead of taking a big swing. But I think he sees this year, not that you guys have a ton of cap space or you want to remove guys from your lineup, but I think he sees this year as one of the best regular seasons in recent memory. You have Krejci and Bergeron who both could be gone at the end of this year heading into retirement. Why not take the big swing now? Try and get one last cup with the boys and then deal with the future when it happens.
0: Yeah, no, I I have to agree. Um, I think last year when we looked for deadline acquisition, and it was right before the deadline, but we actually ended up with Lindholm. And I mean, that has been franchise altering for us with Charlie on one side, him on the other. Hampus has been. (laughs) That one worked out. I, I was. I was skeptical. I hadn't seen enough of Hampus to judge accordingly at that point. But no, that definitely I think worked we hated out. That
1: they, uh, I don't think we disliked a deal. I think you disliked that they signed into that massive extension before he ever played a game.
0: Instantly, yeah. I just that's like the Bruins' mo. Like just for something like that. Yeah. Now my very concern, at least the Bruins, is we're going to need another right D man just because if there's one thing that's certain in the playoffs, at least with the Boston Bruins is that Brandon Carlo will get hurt. at some <laughs> point. Yeah. So we're definitely going to have a little bit more depth there. I know that Luke Shen was, you know, allegedly one of the people we're looking to acquire, but I also heard that Luke Shen said that he wants to stay in Vancouver, doesn't want to go anywhere for the rest of the year. I don't know if he has a no trade or if he even has anything in it. But, I mean, if a guy already tells you he doesn't want to fucking leave, then why bother going to get him? Yeah. Uh, if Gavrikov is indeed our guy, if if that's who we're looking for, I'm okay with the addition of him coming to the lineup. And this isn't one of those um, 2011 things where, you know, you go out, we're getting, at that point it was Tomas Caberlet who had Oof. a name and a pedigree and everything else, but he came in and, you know, it's supposed to be the quarterback of our power play, and we'd never scored a power play goal that whole playoffs. But if we do bring in Gavrikov, I just don't know what Columbus would be looking for. I know they're they're rebuilding on the fly as well. I know that Yarmo there will take draft picks. He'll take players. Like So at least on that end, exchange-wise, who knows what the actual rate would be. I, I just think that they need to figure out a market price for whatever it is. But as for our lineup and who would come out of it, I mean, maybe Craig Smith, but Smitty's been playing good. I think at this point you're eating. Felino's not going to go anywhere. Fliggy's Fle- had a good year for us. You know, Zaka to sign that extension. I, I mean, what is it down to Frederick or Greer? <laughs> like, I-, I just, I don't know. And then when you start looking at our prospect pool, it's not very big. I mean, we have... There's a couple of guys that would probably be untouchable. It would probably be Beecher, Lysel, Merkulov, and that's probably it. Like, I just... I I don't know as to who would even want some of the things that we have. (laughs) You, You know? It's like...
1: Well, you guys lucked out that everything broke right in terms of your... NHL roster because if you needed to fill some holes at the deadline like actual holes you wouldn't be able to do so
0: <laughs> no we, we wouldn't and I mean we, we still have Mike Riley buried in Providence I mean I, I could see us trading him away but yet again I mean I don't know as to how big of a market is for someone like Mike Riley I know he's gone down there and he's played great but who knows I mean is there even interest in a guy like Anton Strawman still who we have down in Providence? I don't know if people are going to want to pick that up. I know it's a great deal, but he came here, went back down, and he's stayed down. So our guys have also played well. That's not being naive. But, yeah, it's just how do we make this work if we are going to make any additions? Do we look at a Nick Benino for just an extra center-depth guy down the middle now that Nosik is hurt? I don't know, man, like like there's different ways to go. And it's always, like you said earlier, it's always a Bruins deadline thing where outside <laughs> of the Lindholm one last year, it'll be just the bottom four guy, nothing crazy, nothing too stellar, and carry on, up, up, and away we go.
1: So when it comes to the right-hand shot defenseman, I'm assuming you're not making a deal for someone that's going to supplant anyone that's currently, if everybody's healthy. I don't think that guy is going to be pushing uh, Carlo or Clifton to.
0: Yeah, no, I, I press don't. Box. No, I, I don't believe so either. I, I think so. It you'd would be just making be, a move
1: for somebody that would be in the press box, and then it's just insurance in case something were to happen.
0: Yeah, and that's why, to me, I mean, someone like Luke Shen would be great. I mean, big boy, great for playoff hockey. Um, has, has won a cup before. He, he's been there, so. On that end, yeah, I I just think that we would need a guy that, when called upon, is able to fill that role, can go in there and and do it and do it well.
1: I have two names
0: for you, then, besides Shen. Stone Cold! Stone Cold!
1: (laughs) One of them is not very exciting at all, but it serves the purpose. It's It's a situation where if he were... Having to play consistently, when you're in the playoffs, it's like shit. It's not bad, but it's it's some it's a downgrade from whoever was in your top six of these replacing. But cheap deal, Justin Braun.
0: I love Bronny. I I would take yeah, Bronny. We got heartbeat. him last
1: year. He played every, almost every game for us in the playoffs. So was he great? He he wasn't a difference maker. He's a little slow at this point in his career, but he, he kind of knows what he's doing. I see him fitting with you guys and like your style. The second one, he's not necessarily strictly a right-shot defenseman because he's a left-hand shot. Dmitry Orlov.
0: I, I've seen Orlov's name thrown around a couple of times, which I am A-OK with that. I have no problem of adding that. The other thing, and it drives me crazy, I looked online today and for whatever reason, it still puts the Bruins associated with Chikrin. and
1: I don't know how that would work.
0: I, I don't either, because that's going to be roster play. Like it, That's going to be a whole problem to try and get that whole thing in there.
1: That would be uh, like, De- DeBrusque would have to be part of that deal.
0: I just think Arizona's, what they're going to want for a return is going to be extreme. And... The only other problem for me is now we're like we said we didn't want to touch the roster as to how good they've been playing, and that's at least going to take Grizzlick and/or Carlo right out of the lineup. Like that—that's not a question on that. So it's just let's see exactly how this plays out, and I don't know how it does, and it's just little—I'm—I'm I'm scared. I'm a scared, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's worse position to be in than saying like shit who is the right seventh defenseman to have as insurance because the rest of our
0: roster is pretty set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be could be a lot worse, I agree.
1: <laughs> but yeah, a little sample of some deadline talk. We'll get one more, at least one more because deadline's not till uh, early March anyway, but I think next week barring a flurry of major deals that happen between now and next Sunday or next Monday uh, next week will be our deadline preview league-wide. We'll just go over, I guess we can use like a top 10 or 15 list of like the biggest names available. We can make some predictions if they're not dealt by the time we record. And then we'll really get into some rumors for the Bruins and Rangers instead of just us spitballing, commenting on like, you know, that and stuff is still not going away for Boston. Like, what would a deal look like? Or if the Rangers is still looking to add like, what the Rangers have to give up. So I think next week will, would be a little bit more detailed on a deadline stuff, which is always fun. Um, I kind of like that. We're two episodes into the regular season and we're already at the deadline. Time flies when you're
0: having fun.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it be a little bit more structured then. Um, I do appreciate that my boys helped give us some content for this week by making that Tarasenko and uh, Mikola deal.
0: You know, thank God they listen when when we talk.
1: But, I mean, other than that, I don't know if there's anything else going on league-wide worth mentioning. I think a lot of stuff is just kind of holding their breath, waiting to see what happens over the next 10 to 13 days.
0: Well, I was looking at my boys, Ottawa, and right now they're very hot. and So... The wild card in the East is kind of a fucked-up scenario where Pittsburgh's currently wild card one at 63 points. The Islanders are wild card two at 63 points. And I would say Ottawa's probably the cutoff team because Philadelphia has 54 points. I'm going to say they're, you know, they're not mathematically dead, but I, I don't think they're there. But So then after that, it's Washington 62, Florida 62, Buffalo 60, Detroit 60, Ottawa 58. I would say Ottawa's is part of the cutoff team there yeah. to get the 63, but Ottawa seven, two and one in their last 10 playing really good hockey. Now I looked on the other end just for going forward. Their schedule coming up is a fucking nightmare to try to make it up. It's an uphill climb. They have the Bruins tomorrow. They have the hurricanes on Friday, uh, Right after that, they have the Canadians. And then back-to-back, back, they have the Red Wings at home Monday and Tuesday. So those those Monday, Tuesday are crucial for them to take points from the team that is right in front of you. Yeah, but, I mean, it's... Right, it's, right after it's, that, it's, who it's do they the play?
1: It's just running away. Yeah. like
0: But right after that, who do they play? Your Rangers. So it's like their schedule is not making it any easier for them.
1: I feel like that's the same conversation that every team in the East is having right now. Like the East is just murderers row this season.
0: I was going to say we, we had, we were talking the other day about how bad the West is. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it was like, it wasn't even close. Like right now, I mean, for the wild card out in the West, you have Edmonton wild card one with 68 points, Minnesota wild card two 65 points, right behind them is Calgary with 63 and then wildcard four is Nashville with 58. I'd say they're probably the cutoff team. Uh, St. Louis is right behind them with 55 points, but with the selling that they've been doing, I don't envision them making it to that point in Nashville, even with 58 points, trying to get to 65 as of right now, that's a huge uphill climb. Like that's a big ask.
1: Does Nashville start breaking it up? So that was the thing we talked about during our preview. We like Nashville a lot, obviously, but I even made the comment, if only it wasn't Hines as the coach.
0: Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I think David Poyle down there is going to have to decide going into the deadline. Are you all in or are you all out? But it's like we already said when we were talking about him earlier, I mean, some of the guys that they brought in haven't panned out. Like McDonough looks like he's completely – washed. So Tampa made a great call walking away from when they did. Yeah. I think they might have to give some things up. I was watching the game the other day against the Bruins. And I mean, Nita rider is big. Like I was seeing him up yeah. there. Like he is big out there and not slow or anything like that. Just a big, big body. And it was like, wow. All right. Blah, blah. And I know that was one of the, our focal points was him going to that team and we we're like that that's definitely going to improve them and make them better. I just don't know if you start looking at one of the top guys there like Duchesne, Duchesne or Joey, I just
1: Well, how's uh Phil of Forsberg doing this year?
0: <laughs> well, let's see. Phil of Forsberg this year. Let's pull him up. I, I actually have their cap friendly right here. Mr. Elite.
1: M- Mr. Franchise Forward.
0: Mr. Franchise Forward is in fifty games. He has nineteen goals, twenty-three assists, and forty-two points.
1: By the way, Rangers played Calgary last night. Huberdeau has like twenty eight points this year.
0: Yeah, not a good uh not a Oof. good start, but gonna get better, hopefully. Gonna get better.
1: My whole point about the East though uh, is that the clear cutoff between the actual contenders and the wannabes and those in decline, like a Washington and Pittsburgh where you have the top six teams, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers, Bruins, lightning, and Toronto are just going to beat the ever living shit out of each other come April.
0: Yeah. It's like, you could almost can't wait to get there just to see how it all pans out. But
1: like the first round is pretty much set. In terms of like the interdivision matchups, it's going to be Rangers Devils first That'll round. That'll be good. And then Toronto Tampa first round. It's just figuring out who's going to have home ice for those two matchups. And then you will have the top seed, barring something crazy, and you'll end up playing either the Islanders, Pittsburgh, or Florida, I think are the realistic three teams there. And Yeah, each of those teams are going to be hard out, but it's like, okay, great. And then Carolina gets the uh, higher of those three teams. The other, yeah. I feel like you and Carolina will enter the second round a little bit in a better position than whoever won the other two matchups, probably going six, seven games, deep series, hard fork games to get to the next round. The the benefit of that is getting to play either Boston or Carolina. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I mean – for you guys on the other end, at least the travel won't be that bad between uh, yeah. know, just going over the bridge.
1: Yeah, Toronto to Tampa, back and forth.
0: Yeah, see, I mean, even shit like that, I mean, I know that's only, you know, three and a half hour flight for them. It's still, That that still adds up. Like, you guys being able to sleep in your own bed at the end of every night. I was night, just going to say, that's the huge. entire series,
1: they sleep in your own bed, even if it's a road game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I was just commenting on like the six teams in the East, and the comment I made to you was if any of those teams played out West, they would be running away with the number one seed like you, the Bruins are in the Eastern Conference. Like putting that in perspective, how tough the East is this year, and you guys are running away with it, puts the reality of if you were playing out West this season, you would probably have 100 points
0: I was going to say, I mean, we currently so far only have eight regulation losses. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm just wondering, like out west. I mean, we we'd probably only have two. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will also say I was looking at it. This is like the top of the metropolitan, right? Last ten games, Carolina nine one and all, Devils last ten seven two and one, Rangers eight zero and two. Like yep. just <laughs> great hockey being played all around.
1: And the Rangers have scored four or more goals in seven of the last nine games. Just... So their offense is starting to click here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we'll get into more of that next episode, whether that's Sunday from New York, from myself, or Monday from the road. We will have a deadline preview for you next week.
0: I was going to say road games. We haven't had any of those in a while.
1: <laughs> we haven't had a roadie.
0: We haven't had a roadie. Uh, let's see, is, is that a fine? That is a fine. I was going to say in Ottawa 7-2 to today over St. Louis. Pumped them a little, pumped them a little bit there. That that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Bruins got the matinee game tomorrow, one o'clock against Ottawa. So that ain't bad. I'm excited for that.
1: Oh, so Ottawa's doing it back to back. Right.
0: Yeah, they got a lot of back to backs coming up too, which I don't think helps them with the strength, the schedule, of who they're playing.
1: Right. You got any shout-outs?
0: Um shout outs
1: I mean, I mean it sounds like you had a great weekend full of joy and happiness so maybe
0: yeah <laughs> um no shout outs i'm gonna go um there's a possibility that a, a certain friend of this show may be moving even closer to me than they already are i i don't want to uh say who or anything yet i mean they got to put a bid and an offer and everything else but
1: i mean i know i'm moving but i'm not moving to boston
0: i know that this person's moving i mean we were already close but if they get it it'll be even closer and i don't want to say it like tong foolery Uh, yeah i don't want to jinx it but tong foolery will be at its finest and oh boy yeah i can already see I can already Just in see time me for the playoff trouble. run. Yes, exactly, which, yet again, <laughs> probably not the best thing, but it'll be fine. And it's <laughs> upsetting you're leaving because the day after the trade deadline, your Rangers playing up here at 1 o'clock.
1: Yeah, so it could be a nice uh, new-look Rangers or fortified Rangers against. Uh, that's the thing, man. Like I know the last time we played at the Garden, you beat us, but from the second period on, I feel like we adjusted well to you, We just couldn't catch up. So now that we have an actual set of six defensemen and at least one more top six winger, like, I would love to see. That's kind of our measuring stick game to see, especially right after the deadline. All right, are we still in that conversation? Or even after the deals, are we the tier below?
0: Yeah, do you just want to see? Yeah, that's fair.
1: So. Who knows, uh, Rangers-Bruins make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Might be making a road trip back east for at least one game in Boston, one in New York.
0: Whoa! (laughs) So, all right, well, hey, you heard it here first. Well, you heard that in September, the Bruins-Rangers Eastern Conference Final. But now that it looks like it's going to get there, I mean, eh, boy told you first. Don't jinx it. You don't want to drink
1: some mortgage, don't drink the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's true,
0: that's true. I'll, I'll pay for it one way or the other. I always do. <laughs> but, all right, everybody. Yeah, this was just a quick kind of touch-up on our week, a couple of the trades, and go from there. Um, we'll catch you all next week, like Benny said, with, with the big, big trade preview, and then we'll catch you with the actual deadline episode, and we'll go from there. Love, peace, and here grease, baby. Bye-bye. Honey, load up your questions and pick up your sticks and your stones, and time. pretend I'm a shelter for heartaches that don't have a home. Choose the words the cut.